G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, Tasmanians, after the polls, after four years under a Liberal government, the Liberal Party holds 15 of the 25 seats in the House of Assembly. The loss of two seats would leave the government with 13 seats and a one-seat majority. The loss of a third seat would produce minority government. Now, Tasmania may be headed for another hung parliament. Well, tomorrow, Premier Will Hodgman is campaigning to become only the second Liberal Premier to be re-elected leading a majority government. Labor, under opposition leader Rebecca White, could return to power if there is cooperation between Labor and the Greens. Of the minor parties, the Greens and the Jackie Lambie Network are contending for a balance of power in what may be a hung parliament. There's lots of potential scenarios under Tasmania's proportional Hare-Clark electoral system. So if some of that doesn't make sense to listeners around the nation, hopefully over these next coming minutes through the next hour, you'll be a little enlightened. And for listeners in Tasmania, certainly would appreciate uh, your thoughts and concerns to be aired today too and opening our talkback lines. And uh, we'll try and uh, keep the Tasmanian listeners as part of the Tasmanian election uh, campaign uh, uh, talk today. But 1-800-316-316 for uh, Tasmanian listeners. You might have your own thoughts about what's happening on the ground in the Apple Isle just ahead of the state election tomorrow. Some special guests to talk through the issues of what's going on in Tasmania. Jim Collins joining us. He's Tasmanian State Director and National Development Officer for Family Voice Australia. And also Senator Erica Betts, Federal Liberal Senator for Tasmania, uh, joining us in just a few moments. We're also going to have a couple of number-crunching insights in analysis of the Tasmanian election with Vision's own political enthusiast, Dave Beard, coming up very shortly. But I want to make a special welcome, uh, first of all, to you, Jim Collins. Welcome to 2020. Hi, Neil. Great to be with you. And Senator Erica Betts, welcome to you. Thank you very much, Neil, and uh, it's great to be on a uh, program of yours with Jim Collins, who does such a great job uh, in Tasmania for that family voice. Well, let's start, before we get into some of the nitty-gritty issues of what could happen tomorrow in a state election, uh, Tasmania, one of the most complicated systems for electing its state parliamentarians in the country. And I wonder, Jim Collins, if you've got uh, a bit of an in-a-nutshell insight uh, for listeners who are wondering what's going on in Tasmania and how this election will work tomorrow. Sure. Look, um, I, uh, as, as if, for those listeners who don't know me, I've obviously got a bit of an English accent, and I, I must declare right from the outset that I still have dual citizenship, unlike Eric and others, which precludes me from the political realm. But I do have um, a bit of an insight into how things work down here in Tasmania. My wife and I moved down here about nearly eight years ago and were faced with the Hare Clark voting system. System, In a simple nutshell, there are five electorates 
and each electorate votes in five candidates. So 25 in all in the lower house, perhaps different to um, other jurisdictions across in other states. It basically means that you're rating candidates one to five, and it means five people will be re representing your particular electorate. It is different in that it actually means that um, Liberal, Labour, Greens, the main ones, any other independents actually stand um, against, in, in some level, their colleagues. So it's particularly important when Tasmanians vote to think about um, the people, the policies, but also rating the candidates, if you like, to make a distinction between who they will put as first choice, second choice, third, and obviously down to five. So five people from five electorates, that's about it in a nutshell. Erica Betts, it's a little bit similar, isn't it, to the federal upper house in the Senate where you are a senator uh, and there's a few little uh, strange things that can happen with the Hare Clark system insofar as there is a fifth uh, proportional uh, number of votes that can elect uh, a particular person in either of those uh, those electorates in Tasmania that could uh, produce some anomalies for what uh, pundits might be thinking about could happen uh, for the election. Neil, uh, that is right. Under the Hare Clark system, you've got the vagaries of the quotas, exhausted votes, etc. And so even on election night, one is never sure as to exactly how many seats are going to be won because people don't know and can't do the calculations of how many informal votes, how many exhausted votes, etc. And so, for example... Uh, um, at the last election, nobody was really predicting that the Liberals would win four out of five seats in the seat of Braddon, which is based on the northwest coast. And uh, I, for one, was absolutely delighted that we did because we got Joan Ryler elected, who is a tremendous woman who has the sort of values that uh, you and I and uh, your listeners would be uh, very pleased to hear about. So uh, that was, if you like, a bit of a fluke, or some would say God's blessing. But uh, Jones made a fantastic contribution. But on election night, it didn't look as though she was going to get in. So uh, we have to wait and see. And with a quota system, the fifth candidate often gets elected with less than a quota because if you've got more than half a quota, then nobody else can beat you. And as a result, um, the fifth person elected in these multi-member seats of five uh, members, you can get elected without a, uh, without a quota. So, look, a lot of vagaries, and uh, everybody's got their seatbelts fastened and um, waiting for the result tomorrow night. And uh, I'm, in fact, looking forward to doing the ABC TV commentary uh, tomorrow night. And... Uh, talking to my fellow Tasmanians about uh, the various results. We'll be expecting you to mention your appearance on Vision Radio, Eric, when you run that, uh, that commentary team. Uh, Jim Collins, uh, let me ask you about some history because these things are very important to how an outcome might be produced tomorrow. History shows Tasmania has been dominated by Labor and uh, and your thoughts on the fact that the Liberal government now has been in just for this last term, uh, the idea of a historical uh, precedent that's been set in a Labor-dominated Labor state, uh, the likelihood of a re-election of a Liberal government tomorrow? 
Well, lots to um, cover there. Absolutely, um, Tasmania would be um, seen traditionally as a Labour state. And I say traditionally um, specifically because I think many of the people that I meet as I travel around churches and speak in communities and, and so on, many of them, particularly those from a Catholic background, may have been a traditional Labour voter. And um, Labour in the past probably... Um, was known for its hallmark of standing up for um, working families and other such things. But I have to say, in recent years, Labour's policies, and particularly um, under the previous government, Lara Giddings' government, which obviously you would know was um, a, a blend of a Labour Greens under, uh, from a hung parliament, and also under um, Rebecca White's new government, many of the policies are uh, alienating, and this is what people are telling me as I travel around, alienating traditional Labour voters, um, perhaps a bit more progressive, perhaps a bit more um, involved in um, controversial social concerns, particularly those who hold to a Christian worldview. This is very, very concerning. So there, there is, and we can't deny there's been a number of um, Labour governments um, but I, I, my sense is that um, particularly among the Christian community, which I'm, I'm, I'm best placed to speak on behalf of, or, or at least to reflect the views that have been given to me, I think there has been um, a fairly strong shift towards um, more conservative social policies, and people are also enjoying the, um, the benefits of a, a, a rising economy. Now, did, did Liberal actually cause that? Um, that's open for debate, but I, the, the sense I have is that the, there will be a majority Liberal government, but I think it will be a slender majority. That's what the current polling say. Uh, let me ask you, uh, Senator Erica Betts, when it comes to, I mean, we'll talk uh, economic policies, but also social policies, and perhaps uh, we'll be a little overbalanced when we talk about social policies because this is where a Christian commentary comes in uh, very significantly. Uh, but when we talk about uh, the economic policies that have been, uh, and as uh, as we just heard from Jim, uh, perhaps moving a little more to the centre or to the right, a little bit softened in some cases, Cases, and particularly with the pokies idea, uh, when we talk about uh, the way that things are shifting, if you give us an impression, and and I, coming from a liberal uh, senator uh, position, no doubt there'll be a, a sort of a, a leaning that way. But what's your impression of just how things are moving left, right, centre, conservative, progressive, uh, with the parties in Tasmania? The election four years ago, which saw the Hodgman majority Liberal government elected, um, I think was as a result of people having had enough of government pursuing all sorts of frolics of uh, political correctness rather than getting on with the task of running the business of the state. We were in recession. We had an unemployment rate of 8.1%. Today, the unemployment rate is down to 5.7%, the second lowest in the nation. We are out of recession. We've got a business confidence, second to none, in all the states. So economically, we are humming along 
exceptionally well. Um, over 10,000 jobs created uh, during this term of government. And in the Tasmanian context, with a population of 500,000, 10,000 new jobs is uh, a significant uh, marker for the state government. So uh, the uh, Tasmanian people will now have to make up their mind as to who is best to manage the economy. But as you mentioned, the poker machine issue is um, is a bit of a wild card. I don't think it's got as much traction as uh, Labor and the Greens had hoped. And I think the reason is that people, when they analyse it, it was, um, I think, a bit of a uh, stunt to try to get people not to think about the party's views, as in Labor and Greens, on abortion, euthanasia, safe schools and those other issues that uh, are just, if I might say, so much more important as to the number of poker machines within the community. And superficially, very attractive, the poker machine uh, policy. But when you know that uh, poker machine gambling is in fact decreasing, but online gambling is the big growth area, 14% growth, uh, in recent times, then uh, trying to deal with poker machines is a bit like saying alcoholism is a problem, so we're going to ban port or sherry, but not beer or wine or spirits. Um, it uh, might be well motivated, but it's not going to have the uh, desired effect. So um, in the Jim's analysis, I agree with that. Um, uh, it would be... Um, a miracle, in inverted commas, if Will Hodgman were able to maintain his 15 seats, because it's very tough to get a majority in the Hare-Clark system, let alone a majority of 15 out of 25. But we shall see what the people decide uh, tomorrow night. Jim Collins, let me ask you about uh, that word, a stunt, uh, when it comes to this idea of uh, poker machine policy for the Labor Party, uh, because when we talk about a Christian constituency who will be casting their vote tomorrow, uh, looking at uh, Christian uh, foundations for the sorts of things that they might vote for a particular party, uh, how, do you, uh, how do you see that idea of a stunt, uh, given on balance a lot of the other social issues that the Labor Party stands uh, completely against a Christian worldview understanding of reality. Yeah. Look, um, I know I'm, I'm well networked and, and friends with many of the church leaders in Tasmania, and there, there is um, a, a very strong passion about the harm that um, pokies is causing, not only to um, those who um, choose to gamble, become addicted, but also family breakdown, uh, the cost to children, the cost that you, you read about these horrific stories of um, kids unable to afford school uniforms, mums not able to feed the children. Undoubtedly, there is um, it's a it's a social wrecking ball, and um, Family Voice have, have long stood um, for the removal and the restriction of pokies. Um, but we must remember we can't make electoral decisions around one issue. And um, is it a stunt? Is it not? Well, as someone who's observed Labour, um, let's call them new, new Labour, for the um, past five or so years, I, if you look carefully, they have never taken a strong anti-pokey stance. Why didn't they do something in government if they, if they were so passionate about it? Why didn't they um, 
make stronger claims to the um, inquiry that was there last year. The, the timing, one has to be cynical about the timing of this, particularly when you've got um, people, colleagues of, well, certainly colleagues from a, um, where they actually work, Peter Wish Wilson, who's one of the Tasmanian Green Senators, many of the listeners would know about it. Um, there was a programme the other night talking about the damage of the pokies, and Peter Wish Wilson's tweet was saying, yes, that's true, and Beck White was on the project saying this could be the time to end the pokies and the rest of it. Peter Wish Wilson's statement was that Labour have done this to marginalise the Greens. I, I agree with Eric's assessment. I, I, I think that this is, if Christians want to carefully assess where parties really stand, we can't afford to be swayed just on, on one particular issue. I, 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 um, I, I'm supposed to be non-partisan, but it, it's fair to say and you can see it from the results of our election survey, which, by the way, Labour didn't actually give us a party response, but we've got a couple of personal ones, where they stand as a, a party platform and from their um, state election as a state conference last year, their manifesto, it would be in no way reflective of a Christian worldview. I've got to be as blunt as to say that. So okay. um, I think that there is a genuine compassion in the parties, the Greens and Labour, and no doubt in, in, for the Liberals as well, that we want to see the harms and the damage uh, removed. But to stop the pokies and, and think that that's the only issue that's going to solve um, Tasmanian government is a mistake, in my view. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our pre-election preview for the Tasmania State election, Jim Collins, Tasmanian State Director and National Development Officer for Family Voice Australia and Senator Erica Betts, Federal Liberal Senator for Tasmania, our guests. And also want to welcome our very own number-crunching insight analysis of the Tasmanian election with Vision's own political enthusiast, Dave Beard. Dave, you've been looking at some of the important behind-the-scenes issues here. Yes, uh, Neil, and uh, as you said before, that uh, at the moment uh, the Liberal Party holds 15 of the 25 seats in the House of Assembly, Labor has seven, and the Greens three. So if a party can win three seats in three electorates and two seats in two electorates, they have 13 seats and they can form government. Now, according to the February, February polls, which is uh, Reachtel and EMRS, Liberal has improved and risen to 46 to 47%. Labor has been static and stalled at that 31 to 34%. The Greens have fallen to 12%. The Jackie Lambie network is on 5%, uh, which is similar to what the Palmer United Party uh, polled last time. And although the JLN are only uh, standing in three electorates, they're, they're Bass, Lyons and Braddon, which includes uh, Jackie Lambie's hometown of Burnie, and with others, uh, mainly the Shooters and Fishers, they're polling at about 3%. Now, just over 20 minutes ago, uh, Neil, I spoke to Wendy Polson, who's the communications manager from the Tasmanian Electoral Commission, and she said at the 12 pre-polls, there's been uh, just over 29,000 people that have uh, voted so far up until the uh, close of business uh, yesterday, which is about 7.5%. 
So, which leads me to think that the Will Hodgman Liberal government has only, they've only been in for one term, and there doesn't seem to be a mood for change amongst the general public. Thank you, Dave Beard, and we'll hear from Dave again shortly. Let me come back to our panel, our special guests, Jim Collins and Senator Erica Betts. Uh, polling's important. We might like to talk about him uh, polling, but a bit of a focus around the leaders. Uh, new opposition leader, Rebecca White, uh, she seems to have had a real uh, jump in the polls of recent times. Uh, what do you uh, make of the polls? Uh, first of all, to you, uh, Senator Erica Betts. There's no doubt that uh, with the advent of Rebecca White, the Labor Party got a shot in the arm. She replaced Brian Green, uh, the former Labor leader who, uh, without going into uh, details, uh, uh, let me say, just had a fair degree of baggage. And as a result, uh, I think there was a lot of relief in Labor circles when there was a new leader. And as is the want with a new leader, and if I might say, young, um, articulate, uh, photogenic, in those circumstances, got a good boost. Uh, but that boost has now slipped. She became the preferred Premier, no longer so, because at the end of the day, People want to look just beyond the superficial and look at the substance and uh, the opinion polling that has been done uh, indicates that the Liberal Party is not only leading in the minds of Tasmanian people on economic management but also health and education, both of which are usually seen as Labor strongholds. So uh, I think Will Hodgman has... um, got the mastery in this election in relation to the policy settings and the program that having put in a very good solid four years as leader and he has now been Liberal leader for a substantial period of time whereas Labor I think in that time have had about four or five leaders so there's been stability his government cabinet have not leaked Uh, they've been united they've delivered and now they've got another uh, plan for the Uh, four years to take Tasmania to the next level, as they say, and uh, I think that has resonated. But there's no doubt that uh, Rebecca White uh, was a breath of fresh air for the Labor Party, and as a result, Labor is expected to pick up uh, a couple of seats, uh, if not more, at the election. And when I say a couple of seats or more, there is the possibility that Labor will pick up a seat or two off the Greens. Jim Collins, there must be a few chinks in the armour of uh, Will Hodgman. Uh, Your thoughts on the leaders, the polls, uh, Rebecca White and her emergence as the leader of the Labor Party. Uh, Your thoughts on those leaders and uh, perhaps even just uh, your your reflection about where things are in the polls as as Tasmanians prepare to vote. Sure. Look, um, again, I, I, I can't um, disagree with anything that Eric said, especially with regards to Rebecca White. She was clearly seen as a bit of a rising star coming up through the ranks of the um, previous Labour Greens government under Lara Gidding. She is, as Eric rightly says, she's um, photogenic. She's great with TV. She seems very personable. I've interacted with her myself a couple of times She's um, from a farming background. She's a young mom, a now working mother, those sorts of things. Undoubtedly appealing um, to those who are looking for um, an assessment of who will lead the state. But I think as people do start to look at the policies and they remember that um, Beck, with all those um, 
sort of qualities that people look for and enjoy, need to remember, obviously, that she was part of the previous Labour government, and um, it got very much on the nose for people. It was People were tired of inaction, tired of um, a number of the failures of the health, um, education, even some of the, the uh, lack of economic progress. Contrast that with Will Hodgman, who's really been a, a very stable presence, um, in, perhaps in contrast to some other um, Liberal leaders in WA. Um, Colin's obviously been there for a, for a long time, in um, New South Wales has been a bit of um, churn with leaders for a while. Liberal does have, in Will Hodgman, a, a, a pretty stable leader figure. He's, um, again, a family man. Um, there's, they've been very, very careful in holding the government um, together. He's, he's helped preside over something of an economic resurgence and Lonely Planet kind of saying this, that and the other about Tasmania being a wonderful place to live. We don't want to say that too loudly because we actually enjoy our little island as it is. But undoubtedly, Will Hodgman is still the preferred premier. Yes, there are chinks in the armour. Yes, there are. I think there is a perception, uh, rightly or wrongly, that sometimes liberals uh, are perhaps less compassionate about some issues that people in Tasmanians are deeply, deeply concerned about, refugee issues and um, other such things. There is also a lot of, um, you hear a lot of complaint about, oh, well, what about this cable car and what about tourist numbers and what about these sorts of things? Uh, there's lots to talk about and we won't be able to talk about everything. Jim Collins, if I ask you about some of the surveys uh, that Family Voice has done and uh, Family Voice Australia been surveying uh, pol- uh, politicians, uh, candidates and parties for the last 40 years. Uh, you do it well, you ask the right questions. Jim Collins, people can go to the Family Voice Australia website and they can get some resource arming them for an understanding, information about parties and candidates ahead of casting their vote. Yes. Um, as you say, Neil, with, a, with a, I guess, a, um, a depth of understanding and research and history in doing this, in analysing, and traditionally what we've been able to do is to get individual candidate responses. As um, many Tasmanians would know, perhaps national li- listeners not so much, in, with the hair clerk system that we have here, you do have to um, preference and order the candidates that you vote for. And our, over the years, our checklist, our survey, has been very helpful to people in showing where people may stand on issues of conscience, whether they've got Christian leanings or not, and, and so on. I do have to say that, unfortunately, increasingly there is a trend to um, surveys such as ours and some of the other groups being answered with a party response, which is a little disappointing because it does make it harder to distinguish between, um, say, the, the, the range of candidates for the Liberals or the ALP or so on. With the Tasmanian survey that we've done, we've actually only had two party responses from the Liberals and from the Greens, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a moment. We do have two personal responses from a couple of the, the Labour candidates. But just to give you an idea, we, we ask a range of questions um, on various different issues of family, faith and freedom, things around um, the place of prayer, things around uh, educational issues, particularly the safe schools, 
life issues such as abortion and the pressing issue of euthanasia. And if um, listeners do want to know and have some guidance, they can go on to our Family Voice website, fava.org.au, find the section on elections and click through to the Tasmanian stuff to have a look at it. But just to give the listeners an idea, um, is the percentage range over the 10 questions. The Liberals came out highest on the survey for a range of life, family, uh, faith and freedom issues. They range from 54% to 61%. And I know that a number of the um, Liberal candidates who are Christians would possibly come higher than that were they to be able to give individual responses. But uh, as I say, we've got a, um, a party response there. In contrast, the Greens Party um, response rated at 28%. So there is quite a difference when you start to look at how parties stand on these particular issues. We're talking about life, um, marriage, family, things that we know are controversial in today's social climate, but nonetheless very important to Christians. And so we, we produce this as, as something of a, hopefully, a helpful guide to help Christians make decisions outside what the traditional media might be speaking about. Uh, let me point people to the website fava.org.au. That's the website for Family Voice Australia. There is also uh, the Australian Christian Lobby site. They have also got survey details of parties and of candidates at acl.org.au. And between those two sites, you'll come up with some good uh, firm uh, foundation information about what the parties, uh, what the policies, what the candidates reflect when it comes to these issues. And as, Jim, as you say, uh, important issues to talk about. Uh, when we talk about these sorts of things that, uh, that are about state elections, and as a federal senator, Erica Betts, uh, issues of education, economy and health, they're not out of your thinking, but these are important for, uh, for uh, people who are in a state context when it comes to a state election. But these are not the only issues that ought to be shaping the way that people vote. Uh, when we come to issues like the Safe Schools Program, about the euthanasia policies of the parties, about where parties stand on drug policies. Uh, we've already talked about pokies. Uh, these sorts of things are important. And as a federal senator, when it comes to these issues on a state context, what are your thoughts about the way people will be thinking about how they'll cast their vote? Uh, different people cast their votes for different reasons, but what I encourage people to think, and I've sought to do this throughout my parliamentary life, is to remind people that if you want a good health system, education system or whatever, determining what is good and bad is determined ultimately by your morals, and your morals are ultimately determined by your worldview or religion. And so my uh, statement always is, everybody's got religion, whether they like it or not, or whether they know it or not, because ultimately you need a worldview that informs your morality, which then in turn informs what is good and bad. So it's my worldview that tells me that safe schools is bad. My worldview, or Judeo-Christian view, is that euthanasia is bad um, because it demeans human life. Similarly, with abortion on demand, and so uh, the list goes on. And these fundamental views and values actually um, 
permeate whole of society and then the whole of government as well. And so a candidate's worldview is very important in determining how they will undertake the privilege and responsibility of being in government. So I, for one, for example, was very pleased when the issue of euthanasia came up in the state parliament. Uh, 14 out of the 15 uh, Liberal members of parliament voted against the particular motion. Um, Sadly, on the issue of marriage, um, it was uh, a different situation. But that is where I think Jimmy's right. Uh, I would invite the electorate to have a close look, not only at the parties, and it's great that my party, the Liberal Party, seems to have come out on top, but then also look at the individual candidates. And I mentioned Joan Ryler before in the seat of Braddon, uh, Michael Ferguson in the seat of... Uh, Bass, Jackie Petrusma in the seat of Franklin and candidate Simon Duffy and in Denison you've got Elise Archer, Simon Barakas and Christy Johnson who were strong on all these issues and in the seat of Lyons all five of them, the three sitting members and the two new candidates John Tucker and Jane Howlett are, uh, are very strong on these issues as well. So uh, I would encourage uh, your listeners to uh, uh, find out not only about the party, but then the candidates within the party as well. And there are, of course, if you are a rusted-on Labor voter, um, I would invite you, have a look and ask and ring uh, the Labor candidates and find out where they stand on these issues because uh, there are some uh, with those good uh, life values. Jim Collins, let me ask you about the possibility of a hung parliament. And uh, as we've discussed, it is a very significant possibility and likely alliances uh, where you have the Greens that would support a Labour Party uh, to uh, to form a government, uh, where you have on the other side of the coin a Jackie Lambie network, uh, hoping that they might hold the balance of power and they don't have a seat. They're standing candidates uh, throughout the state. Uh, your thoughts about the hung parliament and when we talk about the hung parliament in the context of perhaps where those minor parties might stand on some of these social issues when we talk about a Christian view of how those issues stand. Sure. Well, um, one of the fairly significant um, um, showing of the hand, so to speak, of recently was when um, Greens leader Cassie O'Connor um, stated very clearly her intention that if the Hodgman government do uh, are voted in again, that she would immediately move uh, a vote of no confidence. Um, she's concerned about where um, some of the donations and um, the, the, the kind of idea that big business is propping up the, the Liberals, those sorts of things. She's, um, by doing that, Cassie, um, obviously she's trying to uh, gain a bit of support, but by doing that, she made it very clear that, uh, and Liberals have said, I think probably clearer than any other party, they don't want to um, be involved in minority government or hung parliament. Remains to be seen whether that would actually um, happen. But if there were to be a hung parliament, it would be very clear that a Greens and Labour alliance would possibly emerge, as has done a number of times in Tasmania's history. Would that be concerning for Christians? Well, yes, it would, to be honest, because if we're looking at the range of issues that Family Voice have, have indicated and the worldview that Eric's mentioned as well, 
increasingly, Labour and the Greens um, exhibit a, a, almost an anti-Christian worldview. I don't know if they deliberately intend to do that. I don't think that people always... Um, they haven't necessarily always thought through their worldviews clearly as Christians do. But when you are um, pro-euthanasia, pro-abortion, when you're anti-marriage, when you're um, pro all sorts of any and every... Um, forms of, of, of gender and sexuality and you're trying to impose that upon schools, parents and um, those voting need to very carefully think about what would happen if they voted for parties that would result in a worldview-led government that is profoundly different to ours. Okay. If we do end up in a situation of um, liberal whole, just about making it, you could see, possibly... Jackie Lumbee network being something of a, a kingmaker but again they have some um, view we don't have a clear view because they didn't answer our survey but they have indicated um, some of the party members are, are um, in favor of euthanasia so voters even need to be um, thinking of that tomorrow visions 2020 with Neil Johnson a biblical perspective on life culture and current events our pre-election preview for the Tasmanian state election and uh, special guests Jim Collins from Family Voice Australia and Liberal Senator Eric Abetz. Dave Beard, our number-crunching insight analyst here at Vision, has been doing some updating on what's been happening with polling and the issues around the state election. Uh, Dave, what's your latest update? Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, five electorates, Neil, and uh, first of all, Bass, which is around Launceston and the northeast coast, the Liberals picked up a seat last time, so have uh, three of the five. There probably won't be any change here in Bass. The most likely change, as Senator Erica Betts mooted before, was that for Labor to take a seat from the Greens. You've got the electorate of Braddon, which includes Devonport and Ulverston and Burnie and the West Coast. And uh, in, in 2014, uh, the Libs won four out of five. Uh, the Liberals look like they're going to lose a seat in this uh, northwest seat with the Bernie Mayor Anita Dow standing to, for Labor and the Jackie, uh, Jackie Lambie network could do well here as at uh, Jackie's hometown in, in Bernie. In Denison, which covers uh, central Hobart, covering that western shore of the Derwent River, the Libs have two, Labor two and the Greens one. There probably won't be any change there with the Hobart Lord Mayor Sue Hickey running for the Liberals. In Franklin, which covers Hobart, that eastern shore of the uh, Derwent River plus Kingston and the Huon Valley, uh, the Liberals picked up uh, three uh, last time, including uh, Liberal Conservative uh, Jackie Petruzma. Uh, Labor are hoping to uh, snare a seat there. And in Lyons, which covers that uh, east coast, the northern and southern Midlands, uh, the Libs hold three and Labor two. Uh, it'll probably remain unchanged. However, Glamorgan's Spring, uh, Spring Bay Mayor is running for the JLN. Uh, looks like the Liberals will hold on, uh, on on Saturday night. So your prediction, Dave Beard, the yeah. Liberals will hold government in Tasmania uh, and basically uh, unchanged from the current set. Yeah, 14 with Labor picking up two, one from the Liberals and one from the Greens and the Greens too. I'll ask our guests uh, their thoughts on the outcome tomorrow, but I want to tackle a particularly important issue, uh, the issue of religious freedom. As uh, we know that the legislation that went through for same-sex marriage late last year uh, meant that freedom issues were handballed to the Radic Freedom Review. And there are all sorts of uh, 
inconsistencies around the nation so far as uh, state governments go and uh, there's no necessarily uh, strong freedom of religion uh, overall for the federal uh, government. Let me come to you Erica Betts on this issue of freedom anti-discrimination legislation Uh, you're there in Tasmania what are your thoughts about the states and the way the Tasmanian anti-discrimination legislation stands at this time? Tasmania has a very repressive anti-discrimination regime which saw the Archbishop of uh, Tasmania, Archbishop Porteous, brought before the uh, Commission simply for handing out a booklet that had been signed off by all Catholic Archbishops in Australia uh, teaching the Catholic view on marriage and handing it out to the Catholic flock at Catholic schools and that was deemed worthy of being able to be brought up um, as a complaint as it happened by a Green candidate. That was then finally withdrawn but not after a lot of heartache and concern. Now Pastor Campbell Markham from the Protestant side of the road, a Presbyterian pastor, he and a co-pastor are now facing a similar situation. The state Liberals try to amend the legislation to protect freedom of religion and freedom of speech and Labor and the Greens vehemently opposed it and were able to get the numbers in the upper house to uh, block the changes. So uh, from a Christian perspective, the right to be able to preach the gospel message, it's not only about freedom of religion, it is about freedom of speech as well, Uh, should be and hasn't been talked about sadly in this election, but it should be something that weighs very heavily on every Christian's mind when they cast their vote as to where the political parties stand on the right of the Christian church to be able to teach the Bible uh, as it is. And uh, for me, that uh, is a very important issue, and I hope uh, your Tasmanian listeners agree. Let me ask you, Jim Collins, uh, the oppressive uh, political uh, uh, policies of even the Liberal Party here uh, when it comes to this uh, anti-discrimination legislation. I mean, the Liberals have got some some responsibility here. Uh, It is oppressive in Tasmania. What are your thoughts on on how uh, things uh, might go uh, so far as, uh, you know, Christians casting their vote uh, when it comes to uh, this issue tomorrow? Well, look, uh, if if I could sit down with every Christian in every living room across Tasmania, I would be saying you must see the vital importance of us maintaining our freedoms. Yes, there's a federal review under the um, R- Philip Ruddock, as we know, Family Voice had just recently appeared there. Um, Family Voice also uh, has been speaking strongly into the Tasmanian situation for what are very oppressive laws, some of the worst in the Western world. Section 17.1 of the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Commission really weaponised the powers of um, the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Commissioner. And as Eric rightly said, both sides, um, Catholic and Protestant, have been hauled before the um, Commission my friend Pastor Campbell Markham was has actually been included because um, they are involved in supporting a street preacher. But Campbell was specifically called into question by the Anti-Discrimination Commission for something that he published, a biblical truth that he published on a blog. On a blog. That means that a pastor 
who'd put a genuine biblical conviction on a website was being challenged with hate speech. How far away could we be from church leaders' sermons or even biblical truth itself being outlawed, described as hate speech, or restricted in ways that are quite frightening? Um, we don't. None of us want to run round um, announcing anything and everything and belittling people and, and actually literally using hate speech. That's not what this is about at all, despite assertions from others. This is about the freedom of belief, freedom of speech, and the Tasmanian laws, as I said, are among the, the worst in the world. I have friends and colleagues in um, England and America who've heard about the Catholic Archbishop that was um, attacked and um, persecuted for giving a Catholic information booklet to those parents who'd chosen to send the kids for a Catholic education. At one level, we don't want to be too um, alarmist, but it's actually quite scary what could happen. I'm, I'm pleased that there, are, there is an appetite in the Tasmanian Liberals to, to pull back these laws. Family Voice have been asking that Section 17.1 be removed so that um, ridiculous cases like this can't be mounted. Of course, we want to be uh, humane, we want to be caring. Of course, we want a society where people aren't being abused left, right and centre. But that's not what this is about. This is about controlling people. Okay. Uh, the issue of the freedom of political communication is one that is a rising issue. In fact, I'll be having a conversation about that in about 45 minutes from now uh, with legal philosopher Dr. Augusto Zimmerman here on the 2020 program. Uh, coming to a close, time has run out for our conversation today. Uh, in just a few words, uh, Senator Erica Betts, uh, your prediction for tomorrow's election in Tasmania. Um, I'm hopeful for a 13-seat uh, win by uh, the state Liberals, and if it's more than that, well, of course, very hair uh, w- would accept that. Can I quickly say, if you've got Augusto Zimmerman on your program, your listeners should tune in. There is one very learned, principled uh, man with great intellectual rigour. Uh, that conversation coming in about uh, 45, 50 minutes from now. Uh, Jim Collins, your uh, prediction for the outcome of the Tasmanian state election? Look, I think, um, like Eric, I, I, all the polls are indicating a slim um, majority win for um, the Liberals. But in the days of um, Brexit and Trump, no one's putting a massive stall in, uh, in polls. But I think it's not just that there's a community sentiment, I think, that it's not necessarily time for change yes there'll be challenges for any new government and family voice will be speaking up uh, from a christian perspective and happy to work with whoever's in charge but um ultimately we know it's god's will okay we have lost uh, the time to talk some more jim collins who is the tasmanian state director of family voice australia and let me point to that website fava.org.au for those uh, those uh, assessments of the parties policies and candidates Uh, jim collins thanks so much for being with us and also to you senator erica betts a federal liberal senator for tasmania thanks for your insights today too to both of you thanks for being on 2020 A pleasure and thanks for having me. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.